The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, everybody. Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Welcome in. Brendan Glasheen joined by Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham, your Monday crew. We join you three days a week for Payoff Pitch, if you haven't learned already, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate the high ratings. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's get into the games. Shorter Monday slate tends to happen, travel day, et cetera. 12-gamer. We'll dive right into this one. Sean Zarillo coming off the weekend. Hope you had a good one. You've got opening pitch up at actionnetwork.com, breaking down a shorter slate. Best bet for Monday. What do you got? The ponies were good to me this weekend. The baseball was not, but hopefully we can get back on track this week. I like the Rays, both first five and full game. For Monday, bit of an odd situation because they're going to use an opener, Trevor Kelly, to try to get the Blue Jays right-handed hitters out. The Jays largely right-handed dominant throughout their lineup. Brandon Belt, Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermaier, they're only lefties and really not particularly threatening group compared to Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, et cetera. So want to get the righty in there early to try to turn over that lineup. And then they'll probably bring in Josh Fleming. The problem with Fleming is he's a lefty and he has very poor career splits against right-handed hitters. He's about a 2.4 expected FIP against lefties and a 4.8 expected FIP against righties. So a huge jump, double his expected mark, righties versus lefties. Hopefully he's able to get through that Jays lineup. But just in terms of how I project the Rays over the course of a full game, being able to mix and match their relievers in what essentially does come down to a bullpen game for them, made them closer to minus 125. So anything up to minus 117 is where I'd bet the Rays for the full game. And also, I like them for the first five innings. Just using that righty a couple of times should limit the Jays' offense. So uh, Rays to about minus 115 first five, a little bit higher for the full game, minus 117, minus 119 is where I'd cut it off. So they fared well in this spot last week. I think Beeks was their opener against Justin Verlander, and it was a Tuesday show. Beeks went the first two innings. 
this team just does everything right. Like I know that their pitching staff has been phenomenal for almost really decades now, when you put it in perspective, or at least a decade and a half, but is it, do you have, when you run your model Zerillo, are you looking at how they just, they know how to push the right buttons, right? When it comes to their, their opening, their, the opener strategy that they use. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh Schrodinger's cat, right? Like we expect that a lefty is going to be the first guy out of the bullpen when they open the door, but we don't know for sure. So they can technically play the matchups any way they want it. Uh, it's just an assumption that we're making that Fleming will be the guy. But I mean, the Rays just are undervalued by like one or 2% across multiple seasons. Now they, they are generally undervalued. They do things that are unquantifiable that we can't really measure, but on paper, even this year, their offense has the number one splits against both right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching. So they have been otherworldly dominant. Uh, we've said that it will regress at some point. And I mean, the Yankees are within what, six, seven games now or first place. Like the gap has closed. It was 11 or 10 games at one point. So yeah, the Rays have come back to earth a little bit, but this team's built for October. And once they presumably get glass now, maybe Jeffrey Springs, maybe Drew Rasmussen back, like this team's loaded for October. So yeah, uh, still a team I want to bat on the game to game basis. And when I show value, it's probably a good sign because I think throughout the year, they've been a little bit undervalued. So if I'm seeing an edge, it, it's really no hesitation about it. Each of the last three Chris Bassett starts, Toronto uh, has shut out its opponent. Worth mentioning, though, with Bassett, ERA around three, expected ERA at 4.3. So he's pitched well, just getting a little lucky with the batting average on balls in play and, you know, do, do for some regression eventually. Okay, very good. BJ, good morning. Best bet good morning. Monday. I'm staying in that same game. Blue Jays raise. I like over eight. We're going to find an eight runs at minus 110 right now. Since Sean already talked about uh, the Rays opener, I'll talk a little bit about Chris Bassett. Like you mentioned, he has overperformed 23 straight innings of shutout ball. You go through those three starts, you know, against uh, Pittsburgh, his XFIP was 5.08 in that start. Against Atlanta, it was 4.08. And then against the Yankees, it was 3.06. So really overperforming despite not giving up any runs. It is a small sample size, but he's been much, much better in Toronto than he's been away from home this season. ERA is about two, two higher on the road versus at home. Weighted on base average allowed is about 100 points higher on the road as well. And if you break down his pitch mix and why he's overperforming, it's his sinker. You know, he throws it 40% of the time. It's his most thrown pitch. He's only allowing a 152 batting average on it, but his expecting batting average allowed is 247. And the stuff plus on that pitch is only rating of a 90. So... When you have a raised lineup, that is very, very good against right-handed sinkers. No surprise, since they are the best lineup in baseball. That is a, a good mixture of positive versus negative regression right there. And yes, you know the Rays will be going with the opener today. But overall, the Rays' bullpen, they have an XFIP of 4.8 this year. That's second worst in Major League Baseball. Uh, so that's maybe something for a little bit of concern and maybe why the Rays will come back down to earth a little bit. So uh, I'm projecting 8.9 runs for this game. So like over eight runs at minus 110. Yeah, I mentioned right. just with the Rays bullpen thing, digging deeper into the stats, they throw a lot of cutters, uh, which are not going to generate as many strikeouts. And mm -hmm. the strikeout and walk numbers and the expected fit for the Rays, I don't think it matches like what their actual quality of contact would be. If we had an expected ERA for a bullpen, I would imagine it would be much better than their expected fit. But we don't have that number for an entire bullpen. Uh, but yeah, I, I will say like their bullpen numbers are nowhere near what you'd expect them to be nowhere near where they have been in recent seasons. Typically they're like top five, top 10% and strike up minus walk rate expected fit. And they're not there this year, but I do think there's, there's some funky stuff going on with the pitches they're throwing in their bullpen. All righty. 
We shall see. So two best bets on Blue Jays race tonight. I, I mean, I'm I'm like aligned with BJ there. I make the total, I think, 8.2, 8.4. So I, I have it over eight. Uh, I just needed less juice to bet it. Very good. And to BJ's point about Chris Bassett, he, he's allowed six home runs this year, only one at home this season. So has limited that problem. Some Some nice spots, Detroit, Chicago, his first two home opponents, and then Seattle. And he pitched well against Atlanta. Got to give him credit. Complete game against Atlanta. Okay, moving on to whether or not we're going to fade the public. And as Zarillo said before we hit record on our podcast, pretty much, folks, if the Oakland A's are involved, it's are we going to fade the A's? Uh, take the A's is, more, is the right way to put that. 89% of the bets, 81% of the dollars on the Mariners. They've got Luis Castillo on the mound against Muller of the Athletics. Sean, what do we do with the, with the ace? The, the, the number just keeps growing, and you're not taking the cheese. Public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? Yeah, I made this line about plus 260. Uh, so if it gets up closer to plus 300, I'll consider betting it. The best available price right now as I'm looking was about plus 270, plus 275. So if it floats up closer to plus 300, I would consider playing it small. But as I've mentioned, you know, I'm building a separate budget basically for the A's of the course of the rest <laughs> of the season. I'm never going to bet them probably more than a quarter unit on a money line unless I see like something that is completely off. But yeah, we're going to keep the bets on the A's small the rest of the way if we play them. But thankfully, I have not had to play them regularly, which is a good thing. Uh, that said, um, Luis Castillo has shown some concerning signs in underlying uh -huh. metrics. Kyle Moore can't maintain like a seven expected ERA forever and people like his arm talent. So in the aggregate, these teams are probably closer than what they show on paper or what the line says, but like it, there's a motivation thing here and the A's don't care. And I don't really know how to handicap that. I'm I'm just being honest. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to handicap motivation and their season is over. So like, <laughs> how do you bet them? They yeah, just, models, they models don't know that uh, they don't care and they don't really want to play. Yeah. That's just... You, you can't yeah. quantify that. Yeah. Seattle has lost four consecutive Luis Castillo starts, three home runs. He's allowed a home run in four straight starts. He wasn't great against Boston last Tuesday. Five innings, three home runs, and uh, struck out six. Team lost 9-4. Um, they're at plus 240 BJ on BetMGM. <laughs> I love that from Zarillo. And it, we're saving a, we have a piggy bank for the, just to bet the A's. Charlie Disturco has come on this podcast and has bet the A's, I think twice, and it's gone well. It's been that kind of month and a half for Charlie here in this baseball season. BJ, any interest in Oakland? No. Um, you know, you could make the case, like, like Sean said, Kyle Miller's uh, expected area is not going to be over seven forever, like, or else he's not going to be in the rotation anymore. One thing about Seattle is their third to last and weighted on base average against left-handed pitching. Uh, they have not been good against lefties this season. Like Sean mentioned, Luis Castillo, his expected ERA is about a half run higher than his actual ERA right now. So those are the cases for Oakland, but their bullpen sucks and their defense sucks. It's the worst in major league baseball. And that's really, really hard to get behind on a night in night out basis. So like Sean said, if it hits three to one, Kind of have to play that at that number, but other than that, it's a pass. I want to comment on one player real quick, Julio Rodriguez. Last year, expected weighted on base average, 337. This year, 344. So he's actually hitting the ball harder than he was last year. Last year, his actual weighted on base average was 366. This year, it's 290. 
So he overachieved by 30 points last year. This year, he's underachieved by 50 points. The truth is somewhere in the middle. I would expect major regression for Julio at some point soon. Very good. Oakland A's, stay away. 256, Babbitt. That's not going to. That's no way. Way too fast. <laughs> Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from insuance excludes michigan disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800 next step in arizona 1-800-522-4700 in colorado dc kansas louisiana nevada wyoming or virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in michigan 1-800 gambler in indiana maryland new jersey or west virginia 1-800 bets off in iowa 1-800-981-0023 in puerto rico call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in new york call or text tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Okay, folks, summer is nearly here, so let's talk about Shady Rays, friends of the Action Podcast family. Shady Rays is an independent company offering world-class polarized sunglasses just as good as any expensive pair you've worn. And like our unshakable gambling spirits, their frames are incredibly durable. Plus, Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose your shades or break them, even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, that's fine. Nobody gets mad. Just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. It's not like betting the Devils or the Knicks, for example. So exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Let's explore the underdog market. There's a good series starting up between the Dodgers and the Braves, and the Dodgers are dogs, Zarillo, and you've got interest. Where's my dog? Uh-huh. Where's my dogs? Where's my dogs? Yeah, I like the Dodgers in both halves here. Kind of uh, forecasting better things for Gavin. Uh, he's a guy who um, is well-regarded by scouting reports. The tape seems to look good, but the stuff plus metrics, the location plus metrics, both in his limited major league sample, which was one start, and his starts in the minors, both rate below average. But there's other young guys pitching on the slate. Uh, Luis Ortiz for the Pirates, who I'm high on. Brandon Williamson for the Reds, who has like a lot of pedigree, but awful minor league numbers. Stone amongst the rookies projects way better than these guys, you know, across five different projection systems. One of them actually has a fit projection for him at like 3.9. All these other guys are at like 4.55. So they actually see Stone as like a pretty competent pitcher, but the, the location metrics, the stuff plus metrics, the pitching bot does not necessarily like what is coming out of his hand, but on paper, he actually projects very favorably to Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton is regressing. Uh, strikeout rate is dipped. Uh, strikeout minus walk rate, getting back to where he was in his pre-Houston days. So going all the way back to 2016, before he really started leaning heavy on that fastball-curveball combo. So Morton nearing the end of the line at age 40. Stone a kid on the way up. The Dodgers in their superior split. The Dodgers actually have the better of the offensive splits in this matchup. They rake against righties. The Braves are a bit better against lefties, at least so far this season. But the Dodgers in both halves, um, about plus 125, first five, plus 120. And then plus 120-ish full game as well. Let me get you my exact price targets just so I'm not giving out random numbers here. Plus 118, first five, plus 121 full game. That's where I'd bet those two. Uh, I, I actually see a, a slight starting pitching edge for for the Dodgers if uh, this kid is able to find it. And I expect him to at some point. Dodgers plus 125, full game at BetMGM, plus 135, first five right now over at BetMGM. BJ, underdog that we like for Monday. What do you got? I like the Giants at plus 135. 30 against the twins. The Giants are going with an opener with John Brevias. And listen, the Giants bullpen overall, if you look at their actual area, it's about 5.2 this season. Their X FIP is sitting around 4.1, around that 13th to 11th in Major League Baseball, which is kind of how they were projected coming into the season. And the twins lineup, especially, they're very bad against left-handed pitching, but they can hit righties. So the Giants, if you look at where their bullpen is at right now, their two lefties are, which I believe is Scott Alexander and Taylor Rogers, are both available and ready to pitch and haven't pitched for a few days. Uh, so I think that's, you know, the starting pitching matchup shouldn't be that drastic in favor of the Twins, who are pitching Bailey Ober, who has, I mean, he's got a 1.78 ERA through five starts. His X area is at 3.6, and the stuff plus numbers are pretty concerning. I mean, he's got an 82 this season, but his location plus is one of the best in baseball at 106. So naturally, 
guys like this and, you know, a guy like Ober, who historically from 2022 or 2021 was around a four five XERA type pitcher. If you don't have the stuff, it's, it's hard to keep up this great control and location over a long period of time. So I think there is some regression coming for Bailey Ober. So I don't think that the twins should be this drastic of a favorite. So I like the giants at plus plus one thirty. BJ, I'm with you on the Giants. I just want to check. So you mentioned Alexander Rodgers. Do you have Manaya as the guy following Brebia as the opener? I do not know if it's going to be Manaya yeah. or not. Yeah. I was, I, I assume I, was originally supposed to be uh, Alex Cobb, I think. He was the original yeah. listed starter, and then they backed off and went with Brebia. So it's another situation like the Rays where we're not necessarily sure who's coming out of that bullpen first. Yeah, my, my guess is that at some point you're going to see a string of lefties coming out of that pen to come against this twins lineup. Minnesota four and one in Bailey over starts to this point in the year. BJ's going the other way. Twins though, much, much more pitching depth than they had last year. Like I, I think the mm-hmm, twins yeah. can actually maintain their lead in the central last year. It was uh they had the lead, but you saw the pitching was like r- hanging on by a string this year. They actually have pitching. And just looking quickly at the – and now their odds are at minus 300 to win the Central in the – Yeah, uh, that's probably about right. The Guardians mm-hmm. pitching's falling apart. Manuel Classe is taking a step back. The, the Guardians are in bad shape. Zarillo, before we go to final bets, are you adding any more teams to your category of missing the playoffs? Because I feel like you're, you're getting uh, – not you, meaning – I mean the general you. We're getting to the point now where maybe you're – like, like you brought up a good team right that in the Guardians that could yeah be um you know I, I talked about the Mets a bunch but uh even after they had a nice week so I I may actually look to add more to the Mets to miss the playoffs today um the team that's really I've been thinking a lot about as like this team is ready to take a step forward and maybe they could make a playoff run now I don't want to stay in the National League too much I've already bet the D-backs but the Cubs really feel like they're on the cusp of being a contender again to me. Uh, bringing up Christopher Morrell, having him like go absolutely nuts. I know they're 20 and 26, yeah. but I just like the way they're built. I like their pitching. The Red, Honestly, Brendan, the Red Sox too. Yeah, and BJ, you, you, oh. your Red Sox, um, with Paxton, Sale mm. throwing the ball well, Brian Bayo is a kid I just really like, and that offense is so good. That offense just smashes mm-hmm. against every right-handed pitcher. They seem really annoying to play against. Uh, I've said like consistently that with the amount of pitching injuries we're having throughout baseball, I'm I'm almost like leaning towards betting these offensive teams who I think through the summer are just going to keep mashing. The Cardinals are finally heating up. The Red Sox look impossible to pitch against over the course of three games. So, yeah, uh, I mean, the Cardinals obviously improving. Actually, this is kind of wild, but. Fangraph still has the Cardinals as the most likely team winning the World Series from the NL Central. That seems bizarre. They have the Brewers winning the division 15% more often, but the Cardinals winning the World Series a tick more often than them. Very, very bizarre. But the Cardinals, Cubs, and Red Sox, I'd say the three teams who are sort of like moving up my power rankings in the past week or so. Cubs are hovering around three to one to get in. Red Sox, two to one. St. Louis, still close to even money. Yeah, Cubs might be a year away, but they're they're a team going into next season who I'm like already thinking about betting to win the NL Central next year. You know, it's it's uh I like the direction their organization is trending. And with the prospects they have coming up too, it's just gonna sort of raise their floor. Like I said before, Jean Zarillo has his uh his projections up. 
um, on opening pitch over at actionnetwork.com in the Action Network app. So you've got a couple more, Zarello, you want to give out. Um, of course, you go into depth in the article, but uh, give out a couple more for us. And I have a one more for the road. I've actually got a decent amount of bets today, even though we only have 12 games. One I'm looking to add, I'm going to wait right now, but the Diamondbacks against the Phillies, I just needed to come up a little bit higher. Uh, there's some non-domestic books who are at plus 200, basically. The domestics are still close to plus 190. So just wait a little bit longer for the D-backs. I do think it'll get there. Other bets on my board, though, the Brewers and the over in the matchup with the Brewers and Astros. Christian Javier, Corbin Burns, both kind of struggling a little bit this season in the underlying metrics. Uh, coming into the year or last year, both guys had an expected ERA south of three. I believe Javier was at 2.4. Burns might have been 2.8, 2.7. Burns two years ago, expected ERA of two. This year... Burns is at 3.5, and I believe Javier is at 4. So both guys have regressed fairly significantly. I don't know if it's a pitch clock thing, whatever the case. uh, Just seems like a decent spot for these offenses, and I made the total closer to 8.4, I believe. So over uh, 7.5, over 8 to even money would be fine. Minus 105 at over 8, also fine. Uh, Cleveland and Chicago. I know we just talked about the Guardians sucking, but the White Sox still do struggle against right-handed pitching. Uh, it puts them in their lesser split. The Guardians, it's its becoming frustrating about this team because their bullpen is just not nearly as sharp as it has been. Uh, they're blowing so many leads. Like, it's its uncanny. They just, they have these leads and then blow them. Uh, but yeah, at a minus 120, Cleveland, fine today at home. Pittsburgh to plus 125 or at plus 125, good to about plus 120. I said I like Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz is a 108 stuff plus metric. So phenomenal stuff. Mitch Keller, I believe, is at 104. So better stuff than Mitch Keller. Keller, though, is has above average command. Keller is like a 105 location plus or 101 location plus. So the total package is an above average pitcher. Luis Ortiz, I think he's at 95 location plus. So that brings his overall package down below average. But when you actually compare him to a pitcher like Dane Dunning, Dane Dunning above average command, but his stuff plus is 80. So the overall measurement of the two pitchers actually isn't that different. And then if you look at ERA projections, uh, Dunning is about a half run better on an ERA over the course of a full season than Ortiz. So Ortiz has struggled a little bit this year. He actually had some nice performances last year, rose really quickly through the Pirates high minors last year, started the year in double A, made it all the way to the big leagues. I like his arm talent quite a bit. I actually, I, last year I said Rosie Contreras was the best Pirates pitching prospect in a long time. I think it's actually Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz has the most upside of any of these arms in their rotation, more than Ronzi, more than Mitch Keller. So I like the Pirates today. I'm going to keep betting Luis Ortiz. I think at some point this kid is going to be very good. Um, and then lastly, the Reds talking about young pitchers. Brandon Williamson has the worst projections I've ever seen. For a kid coming up from the minors, his minors and numbers in the high minors were terrible. But I think the Reds saw something because they found they they brought him up when his his numbers in AAA were terrible. But he actually pitched very well at Coors Field. His command looked fine. Again, another guy whose underlying metrics stuff plus location plus not great. But I kind of trust their evaluation, and he looked fine at his first start. So the Reds at plus one seventy or better. I'm not using a good projection of Williamson at all, but. Even considering him a horrible pitcher, I still like the Reds at plus 170. BJ, you're into some underdogs as well on this slate as we close. Yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with Sean on the Pirates. Uh, I won't add too much on that. I think I think Luis Ortiz, obviously, you see right now, is, I mean, it's only two starts, obviously, but the expected area over nine, that's not going to continue. So, And like Sean said, a stuff plus of 108 
really is kind of on par then uh, with who he's going against. I also like the Dodgers, a plus 135. Dodgers top five offense against right-handed pitching. Morton going to regress. Atlanta not as good against right-handed pitching as they've been in years past. 15th and weighted on base average. It's a little bit concerning for them. And then, Brendan, I love our Boston Red Sox at plus 102 tonight. I saw that. Angels. Jaime Barria is going to be on the mound for the Angels, who primarily over the last two seasons have basically just been pitching out of the bullpen. If you look at his splits between his time as a starter over his career and his time as the bullpen – He's about a half of half of a run on his ex-fip lower pitching out of the bullpen than he is as a starter. So he's one of those guys that when you get extended over a long period of time, sees the lineup two or three times, then you know he's not as good. Now, I'm not sure how long the Angels are going to use him today. They might just use him for one time through the order, and that might be it. But, you know, the Red Sox are, I mean, they're second in Major League Baseball behind the Rays against right-handed pitching. Like Sean said, they just absolutely mash. Uh, and... Our guy Tanner Hawk is going to be on the mound, who we know over time has been around a three and a half, three, six X ERA pitcher. So uh, those are my other three picks for the day. Very good. One thing I would just note about Berea, bit of an odd duck, throws a changeup primarily, has reverse splits for his career. So even though the Red Sox have mashed right-handed pitching this year, functionally, he's actually a bit more of a lefty. So just, just something to consider given the Red Sox dominant splits against righties this year, he he may be able to neutralize that a little bit with the changeup. No interest from either of you in the the total. It's at nine and a half. I know we've talked a lot about Boston and their over-under, their over-success, that is. I made it 9.75. Uh, I need to double-check the weather there. You know, I usually double-check the weather, you know, when I wake up. Uh, let's take a look right now together. Yeah, no, it's 9.7. I'm not moving it. So uh, I think... If I got plus money, I'd take it. But anything above that, I'd pass. Yeah, I'll pass it. I'll pass as well. You guys are on an over for the Rays, who have hit the over 60% this year, and they're playing Toronto, part of our best bet segment. Yeah, quickly, BJ, two two red flags at the Red Sox, or two two tweaks, please. Court, no more Corey Kluber, please. And secondly, Kenley Jansen still scares the crap out of me because I know he fine. went on and pitched the other oh, the other night and it it wasn't pretty against. It's fine, Brendan. He's fine. Corey oh, Kluber. I yeah, knew you yeah, were going to say that. Corey Kluber. Yes, it's not fine anymore. It's okay, not fine. That's good. But okay, we need to get rid of. We need to. We need to end that. But no, Kenley Jansen's fine. He's better than anything we had last year. So it's okay, Brendan. Well, we'll be okay. I know that, but it, I'm just okay. The the, the the Kluber thing is like let's that it needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on. It's fine. But Jansen's like keep keep an eye on that. I, I, you know, I just, as a, as a fan of baseball and somebody who thinks that baseball is at its best when the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry is peaking, uh, we're very close to Jason Dominguez versus Marcelo Mayer becoming a thing for Mm -hmm. a decade. And even though I'm not a fan of either team, I'm actually very excited about that. Yeah. Maybe Chris Martin can become the closer there, Brendan. He's been great this year. Yeah, I mean, but the Red Sox, like the Red Sox biggest weakness is something that's probably the easiest thing to fix, right? And also if they're a smart mm-hmm. team who's able to identify undervalued relievers on lesser teams, like their their biggest weakness is the easiest thing to fix, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. it's a really tough division. It's the toughest division in baseball. Yep. Honestly, like they, the 2023 AL East is maybe the most loaded division I've ever seen. All of these teams are playoff teams, right? I think all of them are playoff teams. As and here's a question for, I don't know if you guys know the answer to this. Has an entire division finished above 500 before? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know. But I was thinking that too. And and basically like definitely about the uh, the Orioles uh, win total, which was wrong coming into the year. And they were all basically like should have should have 
expected to go 500 or better, right? It's not like they're overperforming. Yeah. I say, I don't think a division is ever all finished above 500 because obviously historically divisions have played against each other primarily. Yeah, Only. it's impossible because so they used to play 19 times a year. Yeah, no, right. since realignment in 93, nobody's ever come, nobody's ever done it. But in uh, 2005, four teams were over 500. The Nationals finished at 81 and 81. So it's come close. Oh my God. But considering, <laughs> yes, now we have 13 games against each divisional opponent instead of 19, yeah. that actually does make it more possible. And all five teams have a plus run differential. And somehow Toronto, even losing four in a row, is still plus seven run differential. And and I, I must admit, before we leave, Chris Sale might still have something left. Yeah. James Paxton. James Paxton's look great. Sales look great. James Paxton. Yeah. DJ has been yeah. on the Chris. Uh, there's the Chris Sale mention on the podcast. Yeah. He's fine. I told. I tried to tell you he was fine, Brendan. The velocity was up. It was okay. Don't forget to follow fellows like BJ Cunningham and Sean Zarillo in the Action Network app. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. We definitely appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback. We do take a look at that. We rejoin you again tomorrow morning here on Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast for Zarillo, BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen, you all have a great Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.